Hello, I'm Zev Newirth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, bold solutions, and a renewed sense of meaning and purpose in their journey to advance patient-centered, customer-oriented, value-based healthcare. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization that I may be affiliated with. Folks, uh, our focus today, and, and I can't begin to tell you how excited I am about this, is on the topic of consumerism and the consumer experience in healthcare. It is one of the hottest issues in healthcare today in all sectors of healthcare delivery. Uh, you know, Just to this point, uh, yesterday I saw two references about consumerism on social media. One was with uh, Christina Farr, who covers healthcare for CNBC, and uh, she was saying in a, in a pretty uh, straightforward uh, sentence that healthcare is moving in a big way to becoming much more consumer oriented. And she just gave examples of uh, new startups that are moving into the space in a big way and working with uh, large integrated del- delivery networks along these lines. And then literally a few minutes later, I saw a survey by the advisory board. It was a poll of nearly 150 CEOs and senior leaders from large integrated delivery networks across the country. And in that poll, 50% of them said consumer-oriented healthcare is a major priority for them and for their large uh, provider organizations. So you see large IDNs and payers across the country, provider groups of all sizes are increasingly focused on trying to understand uh, their customers, their consumers, and improve that experience. And for many reasons, right? For uh, new patient acquisition, for retaining current patients, for gaining market share growth, and the obvious reason of revenue. I mean, if you don't have patients, you don't have revenue, no margin, no mission. Uh, And of course, patients, uh, healthcare consumers are increasingly voting with their feet. Uh, We, all of us, receive uh, great customer experience in other areas of, of our life. Life, and we're coming to expect and demand it in healthcare as well. So there's a major shift in consumer expectation, and we'll obviously get into that topic with our expert today. But the challenge is this, that while healthcare has made significant strides in many other areas, it still lags years, in my opinion, uh, behind other industries in consumer experience and the customer relationship management, what they call CRM. Uh, and, and to put some numbers to this, and, and again, I'm going to I'm going to ask our expert on the phone today, our guest, uh, about this as well. But in other industries, uh, they they rate or uh, measure consumer experience with something called a Net Promoter Score, an NPS score, which measures consumer loyalty. It goes from negative 100 to positive 100. And in other industries, you see typically scores above 50, the 50 to 70 to 80 to 90 range. And it, at least in my reading of the literature, what you see is that healthcare provider groups typically score somewhere between 20 to 40. So well below other industries in consumer loyalty and the customer experience. And so it, it clearly is this, this consumer experience is clearly important. It's growing in, in importance in our healthcare service industry. And uh, what's clear is we've got some significant opportunities for improvement, and that's putting it lightly. So, so again, I can't tell you how how, how incredibly fortunate we are to have uh, a guest on the show, uh, Kevin Mabut. Kevin is the senior vice president and the chief consumer officer for Intermountain Healthcare, located in Utah. He began serving in this position just a year ago, in August of 2017. Mr. Mabut brings more than 25 years 
of consumer-focused experience to his role at Intermountain. As a member of Intermountain's executive leadership team, he's responsible for bringing consumers' perspective to the forefront of healthcare design and delivery. He leads Intermountain's efforts to identifying what healthcare consumers need and expect from Intermountain and to evolve the organization's capability to create and deliver consistent, consumer-centric, digitally-enabled experiences for patients and customers. He also directs and leads Intermountain's communication, marketing, and branding activities. I, I just want to say, as, as, as a, a, to interrupt my own introduction here, I, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with Intermountain's leadership that they put consumer experience in the senior leadership team. I just think that is so smart, so intelligent, so patient-centered. And I just, I just have to give a shout out to, to Intermountain, to uh, to their CEO uh, and and the other leaders, and of course our guest, who I'll introduce uh, more directly in a moment. So, Mr. Mabbott, uh, prior to joining Intermountain, was uh, at the Walt Disney Company, based in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I can't imagine anyone has not heard of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, in, in in that capacity, he served as the global head of consumer insight for Walt Disney. He led consumer experience development and transformation for Disney's theme park, their cruise line, resort, retail, and digital assets in the US, Europe, and Asia. He was instrumental in defining and optimizing the guest experience at Disney's first theme park in mainland China, Shanghai Disney Resort. He also helped drive the expansion of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and the Star Wars brand on a global level. Prior to Disney, Mr. Mabbott held global marketing and analytics leadership roles at the, the Discovery Channel, at the BBC, and he served as a consultant to media companies in the Middle East and Europe. He was also a member of Deloitte's consumer practice. In that role, he developed strategies to attract, retain, and satisfy customers in the banking, transportation, and retail sectors. Mr. Mabbott was born, in fact, in London, England. He spent his childhood, however, in Africa before returning to the United Kingdom for high school and college. He received a bachelor's and a master's degree from Cambridge University in England. He, his wife, and their two sons moved to the United States in 2005. Kevin, how are you doing today? Bev, I'm doing great. Thank you. And thanks for having me on your your, your, your recording here, the, the podcast. It's really a privilege. Um, I'm back at work having had a week on the road in national parks in Wyoming. We had a great family break, uh, but it's good to be back. Lots to do. And it's a beautiful sunny day here in Salt Lake City. Oh, well, th thanks for all the background color. I can now I can picture that. And um, it, it, it's a little hard coming back from a national park. I know you, you said you were in uh, Yellowstone. That's right. And uh and what, uh, that must have been absolutely brilliant. Um, so, um, you know, uh, Kevin, it's just um, your background. I have to say, um, we had the chance to talk uh, about three weeks ago. In fact, I was driving back um, from a family trip and we were at Yosemite and uh, driving in the valley back from Yosemite to, uh, to San Francisco. And you and I were on the phone for, I, I don't know what it was. I actually I lost track of time. I lost track of space. I, I don't even remember the trip back. All I remember was the conversation you and I had. And um, I, I was just absolutely mesmerized by uh, you and your background and your intention and um, you know, what you're doing now. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I can't tell you how delighted I am to speak with you again. I know how busy you are. And again, thank you so much for, for taking the time uh, because you're, you're pulled in so many directions now in, in, in the work that you're doing. So, so let me jump in. Um, 
you know, that background you have at Disney, um, and we we didn't get a chance to really talk about this as the global head of consumer insight for the Walt Disney Company, um, the development and transformation at Disney's theme park and 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 the resorts and retail and digital across the globe. Uh, and then your work uh, developing and, and defining the guest experience at at, at, at China, China's uh, first uh, Disney theme park. So, could you, in 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 a, in, a, in a brief period of time, can you can you tell us what what that work entailed? I mean, for the people who, I mean, for myself and others who have no idea what that even means. Of course, yeah. So um, Disney is, is is of course will be familiar like so many companies in what we might just call the consumer space is it is really very focused on, on on understanding and really developing experiences that meet its consumer needs and expectations and so you know disney i think this is its dna it goes back to when walt disney had the idea to create disneyland in california it was really based upon an insight that there was an opportunity for families to 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 spend time together and and you know whereas now he may well have gone to something kind of technology based at the time his the solution for that consumer need was the disneyland theme park and so i think you know at a company like disney it's it's almost instinctive to be consumer centric but nevertheless even at disney with increasing competition new audiences and just different ways for people to spend their discretionary time and money it had to really be much more sharply and deliberately focused on the consumer. And so my role was really to help with that, whether it was to be relevant in a marketing and communication sense, but moreover and more specifically from an experience point of view to make sure we deeply understood and anticipated our consumer needs. And of course, they're quite different if you're going into China to what they are in the US, in Japan and in Europe. And so there's a lot of deep exploratory work to really understand the consumer you're trying to attract and, and retain and, and build experiences for. And then the real kind of magic, I guess, is taking that insight and that learning and really applying it in the case, working very closely with Imagineers and others to create physical, emotional experiences that will not only resonate with today's audience, but in the case of Disney theme parks, the decades to come. So, so that was really my role. And, you know, when I joined Disney, um, soon thereafter, there was a deal struck in China to build the Shanghai Disney Resort. And for much of the time that I was at Disney, that was a big part of my focus, was helping us really deeply understand what Disney could mean for the Chinese consumer, which would be not the same as what it might mean for the Californian or the Florida consumer or anywhere else in the world for that matter, and then figuring out how to um, create an experience that would really delight that audience um, in, in a way that hopefully nothing else in that market does to really differentiate with what Disney brought to the market. So, so the kind of, that was my role, and that would apply whether it would be a theme park, cruise ship, a new resort, any of those vacation and leisure products and services that Disney was really putting out to the marketplace. You know, Kevin, it, there's so many questions that as, you, as you're speaking that pop to mind. I, I, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, although I, I, as you know, I have a deep interest in this area. Um, it, it, it seems to me, um, you know, Disney has 
decades of experience in consumer experience uh, and understanding it and studying it and, and as you say, uh, innovating on this and designing. Are there, could you sort of sketch out very briefly, uh, you know, that, that, that process? I mean, I'm trying to imagine what it looks like. So do you have people who are going and observing, let's say, whether it's in the U.S. or China or in Europe, uh, observing the consumer experience. I mean, do you use data analytics uh, to understand it? What's the what's the the input that you're 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 getting, both I guess qualitatively and quantitatively, and then and then you know is that where you spend ten percent of the energy and time, and then ninety percent of it is on developing the the experience? Or in a nutshell, can you give an overview of that general way that you you worked in Disney? Uh, for sure. So the consumer kind of input, if you will, and, and inspiration is really end to end and, and it's continuous. So if you think about something like the China opportunity, you know, decades ago and, and on an ongoing basis, Disney has been looking to really size and understand that marketplace. In other words, how many consumers with what level of income and other means and affinity would be a potential audience. Uh, Disney theme parks are, I think, successful in part because of their scarcity, and they draw upon a very big footprint of audience. And, you know, so so there's a lot of market sizing that goes on really upstream of any decision to, to go into a particular market. As that decision is made, and then you're then beginning to think about, well, what kind of, what kind of experience do we want to creating that market, then a lot of the work is more about deeply understanding. And this is really way upstream of asking questions like, what would you want to do at a Disney theme park? It's really about understanding people's lives. And and in this case, the role that leisure, entertainment, and other related things play in people's lives. It's almost like a funnel you'll go through to ultimately get to what kind of experience might Disney offer that would be meeting the needs and expectations and delighting that audience. But you really start way, way upstream of that, really trying to explore and understand people's lives to help figure out what kind of role, in this case, Disney with a theme park could play in those lives. And then, you know, of course, as you go forward, you start to create the experience. And then it's a much more iterative process as, 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 as experiences get kind of you know, thought up or, or, or imagined and, 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 and kind of uh, developed there's a, a sort of a back and forth sort of interplay with your consumer to really not not ask them directly what they want because consumers are notoriously difficult, find that it notoriously difficult to answer that question in a way that businesses should really take that answer literally, but but to sort of more laterally come at it and and really get the kind of feedback, input and and, and kind of insight that can help really guide choices you make around what franchises, experiences you put into the park and how you develop them and create them and execute them really delight that audience. Um, so it's, it's a continuous process. Yeah, no, I, I think you just you just dropped two pearls into our lap uh, and I'm going to pick up on that in a, in a moment. I mean, this idea that you don't you don't just jump into um, uh, and I think these might be kind of consumer experience pitfalls, particularly for for healthcare where we're new to this. The idea that you know we're so focused on the experience uh, people have in our domain of healthcare delivery, we don't step back and like you say, go upstream and say, wait a minute. The first question really should be is how does healthcare fit into their life and understanding that the context. And I think that was just an, an absolute brilliant you know, thought you just shared with us. 
Um, and, 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 you know, then the second one, which I, again, I truly appreciate is the, this understanding that asking people what they want and what they like, um, is often flawed. And, um, there are other ways you, you know, we need to go about discovering that. And so, so just want to point that out and thank you for those pearls. And, and I'm, I'm going to come back to it cause I'm going to, I'm going to ask you in a moment, um, you know, as someone who's still relatively new to healthcare, I mean, this is a big jump for for you from one industry, which you've been in for, for quite some time. Uh, and, and again, you were in a couple of other industries as well, but uh, prior to Disney, but, but then to come to healthcare, you, you, you hopefully still have fresh eyes and a fresh perspective. And I, I'm curious to ask you about that shift. But before we, we do that, um, I do want to ask you the, this question, which I imagine you must confront quite a bit. I know I do, which is... Um, you know, it, it, I'm going to put it this way. So, uh, you know, it's all, it's all, it's understandable and it's all well and good. You know, consumer experience is obviously so critical to the entertainment business and industry and and, and also to other service industries, but, but, you know, that's not healthcare and healthcare is not entertainment. Healthcare is a completely different industry. You know, people come to us not necessarily because they want to or seeking pleasure, but they're really seeking relief from you know, pain and anxiety and, and, uh, concern and, 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 and illness. And so, so a very, very different undertaking, a very different industry. And yes, obviously there's service in it, but, but how do you, how do you respond to that question of what does that have to do with this in healthcare? Yes, you're right. It's, it's, it's often asked and, um, I don't know that I have the perfect answer. All I would say is several things, perhaps one is, you know, me, just because you don't choose to come into, say, a hospital for care because you have something that needs addressing, to me, it doesn't mean that it follows that you should not have the experience that you should expect. I've had a physician actually call me out on this and say, look, healthcare is different. It's like if you were to appear in court or go to jail, you don't choose to do that. Well, of course, that's true. But if, if our bar in healthcare is to be as as good as we can kind of get away with, as good as perhaps courtrooms and jail is, then we're really in a bad place. Um, to me, it's kind of immaterial whether you choose to come into a hospital or not as to whether you should expect the kind of experience that we can provide if we really try to do it. And, and I think the other part of that is the, the fact that as we think about healthcare, more and more, of course, Providers and and and, and systems and, and healthcare plans are focused way upstream of healthcare needs and thinking about wellness and health. And as you alluded to in your intro, consumerism is really very very late to healthcare, and that's where we have to focus not just in the hospital and clinic setting, but just in in people's lives and thinking about how how can we as healthcare providers and related parts of the healthcare industry, be relevant, create preference for ourselves, because I think healthcare has been not as competitive by any stretch in the US as other sectors. And I think that's largely why it's been so unconsumer centric and unconsumer friendly. And that competition is coming and coming fast. And the consumer has a you know, has a bit of a knack of winning out. And so as as healthcare providers, we have to address that. We have to kind of be where the consumer is and know that those consumers that we talk about as patients, 
as members of healthcare plans are the very same consumers who are also consuming other things, be it online streamed video or banking, retail, vacations and leisure products. Those industries, those experiences are setting the bar for these very same consumers and their expectations will be the same, if not higher, I would argue, in something as important to them as healthcare. So I think, again, you know, yeah, healthcare is different. Yeah, healthcare is complex. But to me, as I hear those kind of things, not necessarily from you, but as I've rounded, Mm -hmm. it does feel like they're kind of excuses that we have to get beyond because other industries are complex. They're in, they're different to one another too. Mm-hmm. They have not let that problem become the consumer's problem. They've figured it out. They've got the experience that they need to deliver to their consumers. So, I, 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 you know, I think it's a great question, and I don't know that there's the perfect answer. I just don't see that healthcare is or can any longer afford to be different. Yeah, you know, I, I I think you know where I, I fall on this, and I I completely agree with you. I think from you know from my perspective as a physician and physician uh, executive, uh, to me this there's so many reasons. This is not a and we were having this conversation interestingly enough in in my own organization uh, about uh, the consumer experience. This is not a, a nice to have anymore. This is a must do can't fail in my opinion, uh, for lots of reasons. W- one, just beginning with what you you mentioned, which is, you know, the new entrance in healthcare, whether you're talking about the the, the exploding urgent care on-demand care offerings or the, the telehealth virtual visit offerings. I mean, that, that industry is completely consumer oriented and um, moving at a much faster pace and, and ahead of the other sectors in healthcare. And they may not take all of the business, but um, they could easily take 10, 20, 30, up to 50% of uh, healthcare, uh, the new entrants in healthcare, the digital startups that are coming in and providing care, um, not just primary care or on-demand care, but actual specialty care also are starting off, you know, way ahead of us. Uh, so, you know, just that that whole con- competitive landscape you're talking about, um, you know, you could wait and sit and, and talk about it, but others are moving quickly. And and as you said, you know, patients are our consumers, and they're gonna they're gonna vote with their feet. Um, I think the other part is much more uh, uh, not business oriented. It's actually patient centered, which is uh, the experience that patients and their families have in healthcare is uh, just years behind the experience we have in other in other parts of our life. And it's opaque. It's uh, frustrating. It's challenging. It's confusing. It's frightening. Uh, often and so and 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 that's not a that's not a dig on the people in it because I actually think the nurses and doctors and PAs and and medical assistants I think everyone in healthcare bends over backward to try to make the experience um, more patient centered and consumer oriented but but you need that's that shouldn't be they should be part of a larger system and approach that makes it easy for them and in fact they should be part of the consumer experience the part of it should be directed to them as well so I, I think just from a patient experience. I mean, you know, when I heard you talk a moment ago, it, it, what you're talking about is is the core of the profession of medicine. I mean, this is listening to your patient, understanding them, uh, trying to understand their life. Uh, I mean, how are we going to get patients to take medications or do the things we we know is the right thing for them to do from a clinical perspective if we can't relate this to their life? It's just, you know, so there's so many reasons for this to be front and center. You, you raised some great points there, and I just want to just just maybe um, sure. just, just build on some of those. I think 
some of this can feel a little philosophical. Like we're talking about consumerism in, in sort of the abstract and it can feel a little academic. You know, for me, a consumer is simply somebody who uses or could use your product or service. It's it's people. I mean, it's really people. And so um, some of the reaction I've gotten, as you even mentioned the word consumer, um, has been sort of one of almost nausea or, or kind of allergy. And, and it's really, I think, a word that provokes a sense of corporateness and, and, and being cold and clinical in the non-clinical sense, in the kind of corporate sense, and also it's all about selling. Um, but really it's not. It's it's just about people. And the word patient, mm-hmm. if I think about that word for a minute, there's nothing inherently humanistic about that word, I guess. It's often used to define somebody more in the sense of a cardiology patient or a oncology patient, so not necessarily very personalized. And I'm not knocking the word. I'm simply saying there's nothing wrong with the word consumer. It's really about people. And um, you know that business rationale, I think, is important too. This is not something we do because mm-hmm. kind of it makes us feel good. It is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do for patients, for, for caregivers, for, for the business, if you will, too. I mean, you talked about... Um, the ROI and some of the metrics, the things you're seeking to drive by being consumer-centric. I think also there's opportunity costs, particularly for an integrated system like Intermountain. If we do sit back and let disruptive, kind of very surgically focused organizations coming in and picking off, you know, in a very consumer-centric, low-cost way, specific types of procedures and interventions, as well as the big tech players who are, of course, working very hard in this space, um, we will wake up one day and have seen our integrated system get severely disintegrated. So a lot of rationale is very kind of clear. I think um, the experience word, I've, I've had a lot of people in, 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 in my time in healthcare, which admittedly is very short, say, well, we're not in the experience mm-hmm. business. It's all about outcomes. And that's, of course, what matters most. And especially that's the case if we're talking in a specialty environment. But of course, increasingly, we're not. But even in a specialty based environment, I I still feel like for the consumer, the quality, safety, and and kind of outcome Mm -hmm. of care increasingly will be a given, hopefully, that it's table stakes. And the differentiating aspect of it will be how you Mm -hmm. develop and deliver an experience around it. And you made a great point. And I've really seen this time and again. Fundamentally, I think the care in the sense of the clinical care, the clinical staff and providers, that is incredibly good shape. I mean, I think the opportunity is all around that. It has to do with access, navigation, and and everything that surrounds and kind of gets in the way of, in some ways, that Mm. extraordinary clinical care. So that is not the problem. The problem and the opportunity is really all that surrounds it, as you know well. And um, that's kind of my focus. Yeah, you know, and and, and I think we're going to spend a a couple of minutes on this topic because I I actually do think this is important. You know, that that thought or perspective, uh, you mentioned some, I can imagine surgeons or proceduralists or, you know, uh, perhaps more hospital-based folks, although I, I don't, I, I don't want to characterize who might say this, but, but I, I think that perspective of, you know what, the, we're not into the, we're not in the experience business. We're in the experience of delivering high quality, you know, incredibly safe, 
um, healthcare, you know, and uh, which is complex, um, and there are high stakes. And we, you know, our goal is to achieve outcomes. I think that is, first of all, I think that's a given. I think that is just, that's just an under the hood, you know, absolutely 100%. No one's arguing with that. But I think the, the, I think, I think you, you don't end there. And so, so what we're talking about doesn't negate that. In fact, it just builds on it because again, you know, we're not taking care of widgets. We're taking care of people. And so, and we know number one, that the outcomes, what even Mm -hmm. outcomes of the most um, technical procedure are, are also dependent upon the individual and what they do before the out, before the surgery, after the surgery, you know, weeks, days, weeks, months. And so, if we don't engage the patient consumer in this, if they don't have a good experience, if they don't feel you know part of it, if they you know don't, don't feel they're part of the co-development and co-creation of their health, and you're not going to get the kind of outcomes that you were talking about, you know. And so that's number one. Uh, number two. So so number two is that the vast majority of encounters right now, clinical encounters, are not these high technical tertiary or quaternary procedures, the vast majority are actually around chronic disease management. And there's no question, no doubt that the vast majority of the outcomes of chronic disease management are dependent upon the individual themselves, the patient themselves, the consumer themselves, what they do. And so do they do, they do the appropriate, uh, you know, healthful behaviors? Do they take the medications? Do they follow up appropriately? You know, th- those are, those are, those are all part of the consumer experience. So to, to not understand that and, and to not accept that and, and to not embrace it, to me, at this point in time, and again, we're not talking about 100 years ago, we're talking about at this point in time, the consumer experience is an integral part of healthcare delivery in my mind. And so uh, from a purely clinical health outcomes perspective, um, not to say anything about, you know, the human being themselves and, 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 you know, the experience itself, which I think is, is, you know, is, is the humanistic part. And, 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 and Kevin, I just want to say one more thing. I actually think that, um, and I'm giving a talk on this. I, I actually think that, that consumerism was a part of, uh, the consumer experience was an integral part of healthcare delivery up until the last, two or three decades. Um, the doctor, you know, because we didn't have all the technology and all the medications and all the amazing things we have today, the doctor's role was largely to sit with the patient, to listen with them. Uh, you know, we called it, we call doctors attending physicians. Well, what does that mean? That means you're attending to the person and that's what they did. Right. And, you know, if that's not a consumer expert, I don't know what is. And so I actually think, in some bizarre way that we were much more consumer oriented until recently. For, and I, we can go into why, why we lost it. I think what you're doing is bringing consumer, you and, and people like you, and I don't think there are many, but um, I think that, you know, you're bringing, you know, the, the, the profession of medicine back to, to where it was before, but you're bringing um, with you, you're bringing not seat of the pants consumerism, you're bringing the science and technology and wisdom of decades and decades of learning about uh, consumerism and and doing it in a systematic way, not just one-on-one, but but bringing it to a whole integrated liver network. So I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox, but I'm curious as to how that sounds to you. No, it, it resonates really strongly. I'm glad you brought up a couple of those points, what, some of which I've really suspected to be true. One is that, you know, the, the experience of care and everything that kind of goes around that clinical 
procedure or, or, or you know, um, whatever that might, might, might be, has to, to have some impact on the outcome, as you say. And I, I'm, I'm pleased to hear you say that that, that that appears to be an evidence-based statement. I think, secondly, that fundamentally, healthcare is a very humanistic practice and, and, and experience. And, and, and it probably has always been that way from the very, very, very beginnings of, of, of kind of healthcare as we might know it. And, and for whatever reason, as you say, it's gotten off the rails somewhat by, 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 by being so sort of beset with other things to, to focus on, you know, because I've been, been part of sessions where we've talked about, for example, humanism meeting consumerism as if somehow that they're sort of strange or odd bedfellows. Whereas in fact, humanism and, and consumerism have gotten along famously for many, many decades. I mean, humanism, empathy, uh, and, and those kind of notions are really fundamental to consumerism as consumer organizations understand it. I mean, companies like Disney mm-hmm. are very, very empathetic, as in deeply wanting to understand and and often live the life of their consumer to help them understand how to, to make it better, if you will. That kind of empathy is implicit in being consumerist. And somehow we managed to talk about consumerism in healthcare as if it's at odds with those things, whereas in fact it's defined by those things. And, you know, some of the work we've done to, to explore those expectations that a consumer would have in healthcare turns up things like empathy, personalization, this desire to have us always on and empower you for a frictionless, simple experience and to be transparent. I mean, those things I'm sure have always been the asks and needs around something like healthcare. Mm-hmm. How we deliver it today and tomorrow will look different, of course. But there are also things that if you were to talk to Disney consumers, Apple consumers, Netflix, Target consumers, you'll hear a lot of the same themes. These are kind of pretty timeless, pretty universal needs. And as you, mm-hmm. as you said, and we're really violently agreeing on, it's really just high time healthcare really was, was, was set to address and, and meet those expectations. Um, I, I do, again, just want to... Mm-hmm you know, enunciate a little more on, on the consumer word because it would be easy to give up on that word because it can seem so contentious. But I think um, there's important, you know, kind of notions that come with the consumer. That is to say, even as a patient, even as I give myself to you as a caregiver, which I guess has been the way has been historically, I still carry with me my consumer needs. I, I, I want to be an empowered part of that relationship. I I want to have a personalized experience and care experience. I I need your empathy. So so I think those expectations that a consumer has of anything else in life still carry in healthcare. That's why I think the consumer word remains important versus something we just give up on and say, well, it's kind of too... um, too distracting, kind of too dissonant. No, it's it's mm-hmm. the right word. It's meaningful, and and we just have to really get 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 kind of over it. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I when I hear, and I think you raise a couple of really important points. When I hear consumerism, I hear understanding the other person. I hear listening to the other person. I, I hear understanding the context of their lives and what you're offering. I hear bringing them value, um, and. I think you're right. I think that others probably hear or fear 
the sense that what we're talking about is now trying to, uh, you know, the buyer beware sort of thing, trying to sell people things as opposed to having a ethical uh, sense of agency for them and on their behalf. And and this is what I would say to that. And I think this is important again. And I'm going to, you know, again, I'm just going to come out swinging with this um, because I, I, I just think let's just be let's just be honest here. Look, consumerism is is an approach. It's it's a it's 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 like anything else. It could be used in in many ways, from good to not so good. Um, if we look at the legacy history of what we call patient care, I would say that it, it, it's mired in the same thing. In fact, I I would say that the connotation right now is not necessarily a positive one, because if you look at the industry. Uh, we know, right, and there's tremendous amount of literature for for now decades of literature demonstrating to us that there is way too much overutilization of services, and that um, we have, as an industry, been providing probably overcare to people, and it's a a function of a lot of things. and um, And I don't want to cast any aspersions, but I I just want to say, you know, if if someone wants to say consumerism is not really patient centered, it's not about the patient. I'm just I'm just going to have to say, as someone who's been in this industry, grew up in this industry, loved this industry, um, and wanted to see it thrive, I just got to say, we got to be honest with ourselves and look at ourselves in the mirror. Because it, it, whether you use the word patient or use a consumer, you you have to, the ethics is you either have ethics or you don't have ethics. And you either mind those ethics and watch them or you don't. And so um, so I, I, I personally love the idea of consumerism, the idea of thinking of patients as clients, where you have that same sense of professional ethic, that same sense of agency for them. Um, I just think that consumerism brings with it a set of concepts and tools that we have not had in the patient uh, um, realm, uh, we just we don't have the sophistication, and so so that's that. I just want to make that point because I again, if we're going to be honest about this and we're going to have this discussion, because everything else we'll talk about will be will be a function of of at least having this aligned understanding of what we mean by consumerism versus what we mean by patient. Do, how does that sound to you? It, uh, it, you know, again, it, it, it's exactly how I think about it. I think I would also just add, you know, for me and how we're thinking about the consumer here at Intermountain, it, it goes beyond the patient. It, it really is. Um, it is also the caregiver. It's the provider. Um, you know, the nurse, the physician, the clinician um, is a consumer, again, by that definition I shared earlier, of Intermountain healthcare. And, and so what I'm looking to do as I think about consumerism in in healthcare is to be as consumerist in thinking about and developing the experience of being a provider as much as being a patient. And partly that's, I guess, pretty pragmatic. It's 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 kind of a tall, I think, and wrong ask to be expecting providers and other caregivers to be consumer-centric in their delivery, but not feel like as a system we're being consumer-centric to them. So whatever that looks like to the patient, they're sort of the other side of the coin. That they're, they're as as important in solving for needs and expectations that they may have as that patient is. It, it's it's really a holistic approach we're trying to take. And so, this apparent sort of tension or paradox that if I do right by the patient, it somehow diminishes my role or or, or kind of um, there's a trade off for me as a provider. I really strongly disagree with that. Um, I would argue that um, actually, if we can really be consumerist, as as you say, healthcare has always been historically, that is, I think, really enabling, refreshing, and and empowering and freeing for for providers, and and deeply satisfying, I suspect too. So, right. 
this is about holistically addressing consumer needs, be it, you know, physician, nurse, other clinician, patient, member who isn't at this point in time using a healthcare system, or just somebody out in the community who may be a younger generation for whom healthcare and health plans is not a relevant part of their lives right now. We need to be thinking about them. We need to be thinking about what kind of experience that they need. So we as a healthcare system are going to be relevant when the time comes. And the time can be about you know, healthy apps as much as about surgery or, or, or kind of chronic conditions for that kind of generation, certainly. And then how do we create that preference so that we can be competitive in this new environment that will be increasingly competitive versus what healthcare, I guess, has been historically. So I hope that's useful just to sort of hear how we're thinking about the consumer. It's 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 front and center for sure. It's the patient, but it's but it's more holistic than that. Well, you know, I I, I can't tell you how glad I am you mentioned that. Um, it, it's um, when I think about the consumer, it's 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 interesting you say this. Number one, I think it's so critically important at this point in time. Um, I, I was just facilitating a, a board retreat uh, for a large provider group and. Uh, the topic came up of physician burnout. And we know in healthcare that one out of every two uh, physicians, and I think the same is true for nurses and PAs, uh, but definitely for physicians uh, from the literature, that one out of two are burnt out. So this means they're depressed, they're demoralized, they, they are depersonalized, which means they actually don't even feel like they're there, they can't relate to other people. One out of every two, I mean, this is, this is insane. It's terrible. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's really tragic uh, for, for these smart people who go into healthcare, who are so devoted, so passionate. Uh, you know, They really spend their lives trying to help other people. And what, literally 50%, the, the rate of suicide amongst physicians is way beyond uh, professionals in any other industry. And I think, and I said to them, you know, it was interesting, I was talking to this group of leaders and, and at this organization, provider group, and I said, you know what, we're talking about the consumer experience for the patient and their family, but what about the consumer experience for the doctor and the nurse? And do you ever stop to think about that? And, and you know, if we look at the last 10, 20 years, we have not really thought about that. So I, I think your holistic approach at Intermountain, again, I, I truly applaud you. And I, I said to them, you, you know, forget about, you know, I, I don't tell the doctor to go do yoga and meditate. You know, I, I mean, please. Right. I mean, I, I just think that's insulting, and I have nothing against yoga or meditation. Uh, don't get me wrong, but um, but you know, the the depression and 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 repression and suppression and oppression that that providers feel again, and no one's doing this intentionally, but it's because of a lack of a sense that you have an internal consumer. And again, I think about the examples of the Ritz, where you know their model is. You know, it's ladies and gentlemen, right? Serving ladies and gentlemen. I just, I think that's brilliant. And I, I think even about, you know, Disney, and again, I'm, I, 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 I'm now stepping out of my zone, but, I, you know, I have to imagine that, you know, you at Disney, when you were at Disney, you all minded the internal cons- consumer and thought about their experience as they were providing that experience for the customer. So what do you, how does that sound to you? What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if you're being kind of a little more kind of corporate and clinical about this, you would say, well, look, your your kind of human capital um, is your greatest assets. And that's true in healthcare. You know, of course, many, many consumers are choosing where to receive care by by, by virtue of the provider that they know and trust and love to to, to be in the care of. And so, um, and I'm just talking there about one, one type of caregiver. I mean, clearly, um, you know, the, the, the caregivers are, are really the life and soul and, and kind of the, the means of a healthcare system thriving. 
just as at Disney, as you say, you know, you think about the cast member um, who could be front of house, back of house in the sense of the role they play. Everybody's invaluable and really is, is as much a focus as the guest at Disney. The same has to be true in healthcare. And I think, you know, by, by when I mentioned health, holistic, I'm, I'm really thinking, you know, like you, I'm not anti-yoga and those kind of holistic things. It's more about just we're thinking about it from the perspective of every single person we engage with. And, um, you know, that the, the providers are, you know, I would be really failing in my role if if I wasn't enabling their experience to be as as extraordinary as it can be. And, you know, there is so much that gets in the way of it being that, as we know, and that drives a lot of that burnout. And I think that kind of is also at the heart of some of the reaction you get. It just feels like, oh, gosh, now you're asking me to be consumerist. And that just feels yet yet one more thing to be thinking about. And right. That's why I'm really determined that language doesn't get in the way, because fundamentally, this is the essence of healthcare. Consumerism is. is the essence. Okay, the label gets in the way a little bit, but it, it is fundamentally what healthcare is about. And if you get it right, it can help, I think, and hopefully connect people with their purpose mm-hmm. in, in medicine and, and in healthcare and really focuses on the things that matter most to them and the patient. I, 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 I would agree with you. I think, I again, I, can, I perceive of consumerism as actually adding uh, adding to the provider uh of patient relationship and, and actually strengthening the net and, and and providing the the provider with uh, with more meaning uh, in their role. So I, I you know I, I, I do want to just so, so I, I want to shift with you um, uh, to to yeah. so here you are you're you know you've been in these other industries for decades you're you've been at Disney um, you now step into uh, and I I just. Speaking about the consumer experience, I can't even. I, I'm just trying to imagine what it is. I mean, it, it must be like getting into a rocket ship and going to a different, you know, world. Um, going from Disney to healthcare. What are some in your fresh eyes, you know, um, uh, you know, anthropologic perspective as you enter the world of healthcare? Are there some immediate impressions you have about? Uh, consumer and the experience that just kind of just hits you in the face. Wow, uh, this is different um, from the way you know I've been thinking and working in the past. And so, just one of those, you know, and, and you may have mentioned some of them already, but I'm just curious yeah. whether any you know, one or two or three that kind of come to mind. Yeah, and you're right. There are so many, and um, n- none of which is meant as a criticism or, or anything other than just it is what it is. And so, um, you know. We talked about some of the kind of um, semantic and kind of things that have to do with definition and kind of why consumerism is important. And that is interesting for me coming from media and entertainment backgrounds and, and, and Disney more specifically, where you don't have to kind of make the case that those things, they're a given. And it's really about how do you continue to sort of refine and, and evolve that experience to really stay ahead of the game. We're having much more basic conversations, of course, in healthcare to even establish that this is important. Um, So that is not a surprise to me. Uh, It's kind of part of the challenge. I think I was excited to come into healthcare to to address. I think, you know, we we haven't really hit upon this, but there is that sort of, I think, somewhat cliche, but somewhat true assertion that, you know, healthcare is traditionally very system or provider-centric. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I think one thing we have to get used to if we are going to be consumer-centric and consumerist as a sector, is that the 
the, the sort of notions of value and value equations and value-based care and what constitutes affordability and an extraordinary experience, those are things that we as healthcare systems and providers do not get to define. In a consumer world, it's like beauty. I mean, value is in the eye of the beholder, just as it is in any other industry. And so we have to get used to that. It's not like we're giving anything up. It's just recognizing that the consumer will determine whether we're providing value to them, just like they do if they you know, consume anything else in their lives. They will determine whether it's affordable. We, we won't determine that. That's a subjective um, judgment that they will make and, and make choices based on. And they will also decide whether the experience is something that meets in it. We'll get to inform and to deliver on that. And, you know, we should feel very empowered, of course, to deliver the very best experience, but they will get to judge and define whether it is truly of value to them. Um, but again, not a surprise, things that we just continue to sort of work through. That's a big mind shift. I think we have to get our, our heads around. I think, you know, again, this hasn't really been a surprise, but you know, we have so much data, so many surveys and other sort of sources of information in healthcare. And um, I guess somewhat frustratingly for me, most of it, of course, was never designed to help us understand or develop and refine the experience. It, it has other uses, some of which are just kind of mandated, some of which are useful in other ways. But, you know, I'm loath to kind of do more work to survey people. So we've got to be smart, and it isn't about surveys anyway, ordinarily, to really deeply understand the consumer. So, um, you know, frustrating, we don't have a lot of the data. I would argue we need to really uh, get, get to insights that will really help us be more consumer-centric. Um, so that's kind of an observation. It's just a, a, a sort of function of where we're at. And we've got a lot of information. Unfortunately, most of it wasn't designed for the purpose of helping us really deliver the experience that's needed. That's work mm -hmm. work in front of us. Do you do you do you think that starting now, moving forward, the collection of this data is is it best done in in multiple ways from surveys to you know one-on-ones to observation where, where do you see the opportunity uh in 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 how would you go about what's the best mechanism to collect this or, or some of the mechanisms that you think moving forward you'd like to see intermountain start to do yeah great great question so i think there's lots of means and um you know i don't think there's a one-size-fits-all solution here and, and you know admittedly some of the data and information can be you know at least partially useful as we think about the experience but really it's not gonna it's not gonna solve this for us and so some of it has to do with you know spending time in people's lives it's it's observational it's listening it's it's having conversations it's understanding it's upstream of healthcare it's not us asking direct questions about healthcare. it's, it's really immersing and that can be through ethnography and other means for sure, things that are pretty standard procedures and, and approaches in in other areas. I mean, I spent a lot of time doing that kind of work in, in China um, to really understand people's lives and then figure out how do we play mm -hmm. in those lives as, as Disney. Uh, for sure, surveys are, are you know have their uses, data analytics as well. Uh, a lot of this is more qualitative by nature to really understand needs and expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you go out to sort of measure how you deliver against those that can be a little more quantitative. But fundamentally, when I'm talking about needs and expectations, these could be, you know, they could be rational, they could be emotional, psychological, of course, clinical will always come into it. But consumer needs are more typically, um, you know, beyond that kind of those um, 
you know, emotional, rational, and and and, and practical, financial, and other sort of things. And mm. that that comes from just listening and understanding people. So there's a lot of different listening posts. A lot of people will say, you know, okay, I get it. We, we've got it. We've we've got patient advisory mm. kind of mm-hmm. boards and committees and. I think they have the role and they're pretty um, commonplace, of course, in healthcare. But generally speaking, they're, um, they're great as a sounding board to get feedback on things, but they're not, um, you know, I, I don't think they're the, the prime source of insight that will really help us um, understand people's lives and how healthcare can be um, of, 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 of greatest sort of relevance in, in, in terms of the experience. So a lot of this is, is kind of... Um, new work it's not difficult work but it is a, a type of work and a type of um, investment that, that that requires a lot of commitment i mean you know the very best consumer-centric companies in other industries they may or may not call it research apple mm-hmm. famously um would always talk about not doing market research but it but it found ways um like i said a lot of this is more lateral to deeply understand and anticipate consumer needs and deliver on them like nobody else and so you know, this is work ahead of us and we've got to commit to it. You've got to really understand, not in a cursory sort of um, reactive way, but upstream proactively and deeply understand your consumers. And, and that's kind of where it starts to, to, to really create the right experience. Yeah, this is so, so, just so great. Um, as you're talking, so many pictures and ideas and thoughts come in and questions, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, this apocryphal story. And I think it's, I think it's true that, uh, the, uh, the head of, uh, American Toyota, um, you know, with all their data and information and, and they were so far ahead of course, of the American car industry back in the eighties and nineties. And, um, still maybe for all I know, I've been, I haven't been tracking that industry, but you know, there's this story that was passed down that um, the CEO, the, the head of the American Toyota, would uh, spend a few weeks every year, uh, leave uh, corporate and actually go on a road trip and literally uh, live with families who had, uh, I believe, to not only Toyotas, but other cars. And he would literally live with them. He would get into the cars with them. He would drive with them. He would go to the, you know, the kids, parents dropping kids off at school, you know, moms and dads going to work, the weekends, uh, the kids driving the car. And it was through that, um, you know, hands-on ethnographic uh, kind of qualitative research that he could come back and sit in corporate office and really um, understand, and that didn't supplant all the other ethnographic uh, research that was going on and, and human-centered design work that Toyota did, but it gave that person, uh, that CEO, a profound knowledge of the consumer and their needs, exactly what you said at the beginning of this, you know, really going upstream, because it's it's not just about, you know, does the dial work? Um, it's how does this fit in with the person's life? Does it meet their needs? Um, are other people doing it better? So I I think, you know, what worries me is that as we jump into consumer, um, there, you know, we can think of this as, and, I, and I'm curious to hear your thought on this, very much think of this as just a technology-ish situation. If we just get the right technology, if we partner with the right technical, you know, technology company, uh, you know, that somehow that will make us consumer-oriented. And to me, it seems like technology is just a tool or an enabler, but it's not consumerism. And I'm, I just want to ask you that question up front. How do you see that relationship and that pitfall? Yeah, well, I, I agree completely. I mean, I think um, it's been a bit of a focus of mine coming here as the chief consumer officer to sort of 
you know, be very focused for sure on the digital, uh, the consumer digital transformation that we need to go through, but also to be mindful that actually, you know, to be consumerist and to deliver, um, you know, extraordinary consumer experiences to patients, to, to caregivers, it, it, it's not just about the technology. The technology is an enabler. You know, Intermountain and others do not need to aspire to be technology companies. The technology part of the experience, whether it's, you know, an online scheduling tool or or, or, or kind of more of a text-based way of communicating and notif- notifying um, your, 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 your patients of um, prescriptions and so on and so forth, there are many ways digitally we can enhance and enable the experience. CRM is a basic um, kind of approach in many other industries, not so much in healthcare. So, so just using digital platforms, data analytics, and engagement digitally to really um, help support, navigate, inform, and to some extent even deliver care is definitely part of what we're talking about here. But it's not the same thing as being consumerist. It's it's kind of often the means to it. Um, at Intermountain, we want to define what the Intermountain experience is for all of our audiences, whether they're internal, external. And then as relevant, consumer t- consumer digital tools will be there to enable that. But as we've talked about you know, already, healthcare is profoundly humanist and profoundly about people. And therefore, the technology has to be in service of that relationship, that experience. And all too often, I think in healthcare, just as in industries, you can get very... Um, excited about the shiny objects that kind of come before you and and kind of jump in and, and run after them and, and kind of deploy them and expect things to suddenly be solved and they won't because you know it isn't about the technology it's about what the technology does for your consumer and quite often the technology may, may be a technology in search of a problem to solve mm-hmm. so, so deeply understanding your consumer is where it has to start and has to be a continued focus so that where you go after technology solutions they actually meet a need versus are just exciting for you as a healthcare system to get involved in. Um, you know, you mentioned Toyota. Uh, I happen to know VW very similarly. You know, it spent uh, and, and sent a lot of people from both the factory floor to the executive boardroom, uh, a cross section of its um, you know employees and, and executives to the U.S. a number of years back to really deeply understand American life. You know, they spent time in in malls and cinemas and churches and schools and on vacation, they spent kind of, I think, the best part of a year living, breathing the American life. And as a kind of consequence, we're able to really optimize the VW Passat for the American consumer in a way that VW had never, I think, Mm -hmm. done previously. And so that was a deep commitment. Now, when we talk about the kind of work you need to do to be consumer-centric, I would also stress it's kind of very easy. I mean, sort of everybody should feel as a as a provider, as part of a healthcare system, that they can just step into their patient or, or their other consumer shoes and and kind of see see the world, see the experience through that lens. That's easy. We can all do that. Disney famously walks in its guest shoes. It's, it's really trying to to empathize and, and understand things from that perspective. That's simple work we can all do. And that's, I think, what that Toyota leader was benefiting from is really getting that personal understanding. Um, so this is quite simple work, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, but also I think to really transform 
and inform how you go forward. Deep commitment. And then let's not get kind of fixated on technology is the soul for everything consumer because it's it's a part of it. It's, it's, it's kind of going to be key to it. Um, but technology always also has a sort of an unfortunate habit of shining a really harsh light on kind of clunky um, operational or cultural issues. You know, so, so if you don't figure it out end to end, which includes the handoffs between technology and, and human interaction in healthcare, then all technology is doing is either maybe solving the wrong problem or, or highlighting other issues the consumer would have in the more human aspect of, of healthcare. So again, end-to-end, holistic, think about the, the experience and the consumer needs, whether they be solved by technology or other means, and then go after it in that more kind of connected way versus just jumping straight into technology because it's, it's, it's kind of exciting to do that. Yeah. You know, so Kevin, we literally, you know, I think got through about a third of uh, what I was hoping to cover, which is doesn't surprise me because I, I think this this first part, you yeah. and I talked about this when we were on the phone uh, a few weeks ago. I, I, I think this first part that we covered was so critical to lay the framework for getting into it some more. Right. So I'd, I'd love to propose and request that we call this, you know, uh, you know, podcast one and then let's let's do a second one because i'd love to get into a bit more of the questions of you know the intermountain experience uh your thoughts about crm some key strategic you know things you're doing about what you're excited about if we could do that uh, maybe um you know we'll schedule part two and and do that and i think that would be a great follow-up to this conversation would are you okay with that Uh, that's perfect yeah i realize even as we spoke about what we spoke about we, we just touched upon some of those things. I mean, there's so much to speak of in this space. So I'm, I'd be delighted to do that. And, um, you know, again, as we, we touch on the note about technology, there's a lot we're doing in that space, as you probably appreciate, that I'd be very happy to talk about because it, it is where people kind of sort to and it's important um, as part of what we're addressing. So, yeah, let's um, – so should we schedule an hour? What do you think you want to – Yeah, I'll sk- I think uh, 60 or 90 minutes or, you know, as we did before um, – let me let me okay. ask you this: uh, What if we could? If you have a, another minute, um, is there is there one one big conceptual frame that you, as you think about uh, at a high level, coming from Disney to healthcare, was there one large big ticket item that you think one lesson, one approach, which sort of summarizes how? how you want to go about working and, and bringing enhancing the consumerism in healthcare. Is there something like that that comes to mind? I don't know that there's that one big thing. I mean, I think all I would say on that maybe is that this is something you have to be all in on. And that means your culture, your mindset, your strategy, your operations, your execution, it all has to orient around it. If you look at any kind of definition of being consumerist or consumer-centric, it's not about giving people what they want. It's about really orienting everything you do, decisions and strategy around it. So it's I think that notion of it's all in. This is absolutely not and can never be because we'll be found out and exposed and fail checking the box or you know doing it in some superficial downstream after the fact way. Um, so, so part of my role, of course, is to really go after those digital, but partly also is to try to to to, to support a, a transformation, if you will, in how we even think about 
the business we're in, the people we serve and how we do that. It's just a very pervasive thing. And, and being at a place like Disney, I think, really brings that home. Um, you know, when you think about consumer insight or consumer solutions, it can feel like part of a chain, but it actually is the whole chain. And I think that's kind of the big thing I bring. Hopefully, and we can kind of go after and, hmm. and deliver on this, not just talk about it here at Intermountain, it is that this is, this is really very pervasive. It's about being all in and, and not in any way surface superficial or something that we we, we do in some kind of um you know light way and and see how that goes it won't go well um it, it, it this has to mm. be for the future what we're about uh, and we can for sure talk more about what that might look like um, but that, that that i think is it i don't think there's a single silver bullet as it were if that helps oh i, I kevin i i think that was an absolutely brilliant um response and and just that imagery of this you know the consumer experience is not a part of the chain it's the whole chain um and you got to be all in experimenting with it is is as you say not going to get you what you want and so so listen I, I want to thank you our guest kevin mabat the svp and chief consumer officer at intermountain health for being part of creating new healthcare and and boy oh boy bringing us Tremendously fresh perspectives, new ideas, bold solutions uh, to really enhance uh, patient-centered, value-based, consumer-oriented healthcare. And, and, and lastly, Kevin, I always do this. Uh, I, I feel compelled to say to the people who are out there, to the listeners who are providers or supporting providers, uh, you know, I know you're doing the hard work each and every day of taking care of uh, patients. And for those of you supporting those who are taking care of patients, I, I hope this has been helpful for you. And uh, until next time, be well. Thanks again, Kevin. Thank you, Zev.